Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. This is Arnold Bjorn with Warm Welcome. Uh, today's a very special one, actually. I'm sitting down with my boss, my employer, uh, my leader, Elia Park. And Elia Park is the co-founder and the manager of Atomix and Atoboy, both very outstanding Korean restaurants here in Manhattan, New York City. Uh, I actually work at Atomix, full disclosure, so this may be a little biased to say, but a, a, an amazing restaurant that's achieved a, a lot of accolades in the past year and a half that it's been open. Uh, just got boosted up to two Michelin stars in the 2020 Michelin Guide. Um, I'm a big fan of Elia and Chef JP, who are the husband and wife team that run both restaurants. Uh, they started with Ataboy in 2016. It's uh, been three and a half years almost now. Uh, they first worked at Chongshik and they met in college in Korea and they have an amazing story that I, I've been wanting to tell uh, through this podcast for quite a bit now, but finally I had the perfect excuse to have her on. So without further ado, this is Elia Park, uh, and we talked first about growing up in Korea. The memoryhood in Korea, maybe the first thing, maybe, oh, my school, mm. my study in Korea, yeah. because Korea is really like a trick. Very academic. Mm-hmm. So maybe when I uh, live in Korea, maybe I couldn't find my dream well what mm. I want mm. because I go to school I get the good grade we're a good student yeah and good college like good score then after I quit my the high school I didn't know what I want to do in my future mm. so my grandmother stayed with me all the time and she because grandmother doesn't have a hobby all her hobby is feed me and my sister well yeah and she loves cooking too yeah so whenever we back from school, she was always asking me what do you want for dinner, oh. or uh, she loved to pack up my lunchbox too. Yeah, that's why she go to mar- market. Yeah, to find more ingredients to make a better the lunchbox. lunchbox. So yeah, she packed my lunchbox every, every day. day. Every day. Wow. What what was your one of your favorite lunchboxes that you had? Wow, that I mean, but every panchan. Panchan every day was different. Yeah. So really so pre- people that don't know like a traditional maybe like a Korean style bento box, mm-hmm. it's usually rice. Rice. It's like different layers, like right? you yeah. stack it up. And the hot soup. Yeah. And all different banchan can be grilled banchan, can be dry banchan, but she at least she packed like at least more than three every day. Every wow. day different. That's hard. It's That's really a lot really of work. Hard. Yeah, I didn't know that it was hard. But now I know how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I really appreciate it. Yeah. So did you have a favorite panchan when you were? Uh, the anchovy, the dried anchovy. Dried anchovies. It's my favorite. On rice yeah. is really, really good. And you can even put in the, the soup too. Yeah. And her, the kimchi jjigae was, kimchi jjigae was so good. Yeah. So you said you mainly were a good student and, and you know, you went to school, you went to we are home. But did you have any, like, hobbies too, do you think? Do you have any early interests? Like did uh, you play any musical instruments? Did you draw? Like did you do anything like that? I don't think I didn't have any hobby when I was young. Yeah. I just study, 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 study. study. I was kind of like a, a little like a bored. Oh. Uh, how did you decide to go into? Because you did hospitality, right? Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you decide that? I think I found my career actually. I got more into inter, interest after I graduated my school. Oh, from high school? From no, from college. Oh, really? So I went to college because of my grade to be honest because the university i went they're really known for hospitality yeah i didn't know i'm gonna like hospitality i just went to my school my grade but maybe during my study during my 
work, I found more interest. Interest. I love it more than before. Wow. Then when you first started going to college, uh, that's awesome. And also when you were in school, I so I did a little bit of uh, researching on you, and I came across your LinkedIn. I think you have a LinkedIn that oh, you probably haven't used wow. in forever. Wow. Yeah, I, I never check my LinkedIn. Some good stuff there. Oh, so wow. I actually saw that you worked at, um, you spent some time at Hyatt, like a couple months. I think it was like an internship more or less. Mm-hmm. But tell me more about maybe uh, your first like job when you were in college and, and what that was like. I work at the Hyatt Hotel in Jeju Island. Oh, you did? It was did. my first time. Wow. And I love to meeting people. I love to host people. I love serving people. But that was only for four or five months. Yeah. So I don't think it was like a full experience. Yeah. But actually, I I went to Hyatt Hotel in New Zealand after I graduate oh, to work there. Oh, okay. And that was my first experience to work in other country with the other language. Yeah. With the whole really hospitality people. Yeah. And while I stayed there about like two years, mm-hmm. I could meet all other the tourists and to get to know more to service more mm-hmm. i think that was my first experience to be more into this hospitality okay so but before you went to new zealand so okay you graduate from school <laughs> and you actually worked in korea though right you had a full-time job mm-hmm. in hr mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken yeah so after back from new zealand oh uh, yeah. okay so you spent time in new zealand after college mm-hmm. and then you came back mm-hmm. to korea okay and what was that like working in hr did you enjoy it? I loved it. Uh, the HR, the working was actually a hospitality company. Yeah. So I set up the uh, training manual because all my experience about hospitality. So I know how to set up the manual, how to know about the restaurant and hotel. So I set up the um, manual. I hired the people. And those experiences really helped me these days too. Yeah. So the HR experience helped me a lot too know about the people, the listen people, and how can I support the people more. Yeah. That helped me a lot these days. Yeah, especially since you're where the, the company's growing and you're always, like, interviewing mm-hmm. someone. I'm sure those skills come in handy. Mm-hmm. And then you came to New York now, what, eight years ago, nine mm-hmm. years ago? So 20, what is this, 2012, 2013? Yeah, 2012, uh, yeah, eight, seven, wow. seven and a half. I came years. to New York when, in 2013, so similar. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so around the same time. But... So this was the first time you actually lived in the States, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I never knew I'm going to live in States. Yeah. I never, th- especially I came here 29 years old. Yeah, I never thought I'm going to live in States. Yeah. I never thought I, I need to speak in English in my whole life, for my career, for my life. So it was like really. <laughs> Very unexpected life, change. Yeah. My life changed yeah. a lot. But you were with obviously Chef at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think. His job brought you guys here, right? Because mm-hmm. you were opening um, yes. Chungshik in New York City, yeah. in Tribeca. And what were you doing? Because I know you worked at a lot, uh, quite a bit of restaurants too. So when you first came to New York, what was the first restaurant that you worked at? Uh, the Kajuchi. Kajuchi uh, was the first yeah. restaurant. But uh, when I came here first time, we came for JP's career. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be a person who followed my husband. Husband around, yeah. yeah. So... I thought I'm going to work in the restaurant, but it was really hard to find a job mm-hmm. because the first was my English. And the second one, I didn't graduate school here. Right. And I didn't know anyone here. 
So I I didn't want to work in the restaurant Jiangxi because my husband moved there. So I was, and I bought up the Michelin book. I bought a jagat book, and I started to list up all the restaurants I want to work. I started to send a resume. Wow. And then the, I found the Kajitsu. How was that experience for you working in restaurants in New York City? Uh, it was really good. I yeah. mean. Uh, the Korea and America, especially New York, the culture is so different. So different, right? So different, and so organized. And I actually read um, the Danny Myers book when I was in college. And wow, there's a big restaurant, big restaurant group. They're really professional. And actually, I apply so many restaurants for Danny Myers and person and EMP. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. But uh, working in the the restaurant in New York City was it's really really inspire me i learn a lot every single restaurant and small restaurant with a big restaurant they have their own system especially when i worked at maya lino it's a big company they're run by danny meyer and they open breakfast lunch and dinner and their system is different how they set up the table is different how many staff they hire the different so i learned a, learned a lot yeah so I'm curious, but when you were working at these restaurants, mm-hmm. did you always have in your in your head, in your mind, that you were going to be opening your own restaurant with chef? Yes. Uh, so the way you experienced mm-hmm. and the way you were an employee at these restaurants was a little bit different, probably, because you were observing a lot more than maybe other people, right? Yeah, I I think not the first time though. I mean, we knew we we're gonna open the restaurant one day, mm-hmm. but we didn't know we we're gonna open the restaurant here. Yeah, I heard it was supposed to be in Korea. Yeah, we supposed to back to Korea after two years because JP's contract was only for two years. But somehow, we opened the restaurant. <laughs> I mean, I remember one day, uh, JP came back from the work. He took a city bike, a lot of sweat. <gasps> Why don't you open the restaurant here, not in Korea? And what? And when you were, I guess, on when you decided to open the restaurant, mm-hmm. I'm so curious as to how you found the right partnership. Because prior to this, you've never opened a restaurant before. So take me through a little bit of like the step by step of how it all happened. These days, people maybe think JP and I are the wealthy family <laughs> who, who support our business. But yeah. we came here only six seven thousand dollars that was it and when you opened our restaurant we had to find our investor mm-hmm. because our the parents can invest for our the restaurant so we are looking for some investor but we couldn't find yeah and that time jp left jangshik mm. and we made our portfolio mm. and but i had to work to pay our rent Oh, okay. So I, I, I was keep working. Yeah. And JP was looking for investor. Wow. And he met so many different people, but no one. No one took a chance on it. Yeah, because they don't know about us, and they are not really curious about Korean cuisine. Yeah. And are you gonna open the fine dining restaurant or any casual restaurant? And yeah, they want un- maybe uncertain. Yeah. What we gonna do? And one day, uh, our the, the current business partner, we met Lee, who runs the head hospitality. And actually, Lee loved Changshik, especially when JP worked there. Mm-hmm. And he was curious about what we want to do. And 
we just keep talking with Lee about like a year. Yeah. And we planned it, and yeah. Now we are here. That's awesome. So I during so I work at Atomix, and a, a, a big part of my job is giving tours. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people what Atoboy means and what Atomix means, but I would love to hear it from yourself how you came up with the name and i know what it means but like how did you guys come up with it and um i'm curious when you open ataboy if already you were thinking about atomix too yes uh the naming is we always think about we want to start from a oh really always start with the letter a letter a because when all the award or something lists up they usually list up by alphabet, alphabet. So start from A, and then we start f- to think about the naming. Okay. So we list up the older Korean words, start from the A or O, A. And then we found Ato. And Ato, yeah, let's start from the Ato. And we just keep thinking about from Ato Whatever. to be girl, yeah, Ato yeah. boy. And oh. we, we found Ato. And Ato bo- after Ato boy, and we actually uh, opened a restaurant. We will want to open fine dining restaurant first, then casual restaurant at the first time. But because we are Korean, because we don't have any connection here, maybe why don't you start from the, f- the casual restaurant first, which can be a little more assess- accessible to everyone. And then maybe you can go out to mix later. Yeah. So um, when before we opened the Ato Boy, we, op- we planned Ato Boy Ato mix and something else. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we start from Ato Boy. Oh, so that was already the the way you guys thought about it. Um I remember when I fr- when I first went to Ato Boy, I was like, Panchan. Cuz to a lot of Koreans, I, I'm sure you got this pushback too maybe when you first opened and I want to hear more about the the beginnings, but Panchan in our in our culture is usually kind of it's usually free, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you go to a Korean restaurant and they send you like tons of like side dishes and you don't really pay for it. Mm-hmm. So now you guys were taking this idea and concept and making it more of like a, a tapa style almost and you get to choose and it's a three course menu. So what was it like when you first opened and I guess like what was the initial reception like for you? Uh, the first thing we realized people doesn't know how to enjoy the banchan. Mm. Because so many American people, when they go to Korean restaurant, they eat all panchan first. Uh, they eat all the bean sprout first okay. and go to rice. Okay. To, but actually, the panchan means they need to share everything, like a scoop of the rice, and you can put kimchi, or you can put the bean sprout, or you can put like a warm fish dish. Yeah. So they need to enjoy the harmony of the flavor. Yeah. But not like coarse out. Yeah. The Korean meal is not coarse out. We share everything based on the rice. Yeah. So banchan can be go with everything. Yeah. So we want to open the restaurant with a banchan, not like coarse out meal, and can share with everyone. Yeah. Like can be tapas style too. Yeah. Many of my peers and colleagues when when they first opened Ataboy too, um, when I was working at Love Madison Park, I've always wanted to tell you this. Everybody was so impressed with Atoboy. Wow. Especially especially the wine list. You guys came from Chongshik, but that y- there's no wine background. But they were so impressed with the producers you put on the wine list, like the wines you chose. So tell me a little bit about that too. Like how did you how did you come up with uh, a wine list? I didn't want to be a major because my husband is a chef. Yeah. 
So that's why I start to study about the wine. Mm. Maybe as soon as I got here. Really? As soon as I got a job at Katitsu. Wow. Because we want to open the restaurant. I want to be a manager. And JP is really a good cook. And I think I should know about the wine. Yeah. So when I started to study about the wine, I cried a lot because all, all <laughs> the language yeah. and all the... It's so hard. French yeah. wine, Italian, yeah. Italian wine. Spanish, yeah. So I studied about the wine for the first few years and passed that exam. And I work at the Norita, the one by Jin, hmm. which is my ex-boss. And I love actually all my wine knowledge from Jin. Wow. Because he knew I'm going to open the restaurant. He pushed me hard. Yeah. And he shared all the, the tasting experience with me too. So whenever he go to tasting, he bring me. Wow. Whether I'm off or not. Wow. So I should be there. Yeah. And he, he teach me how to taste the wine. And we actually had a wine tasting group at Changsik every Saturday night. Oh. So after work, I always go to the Changsik to sit down with Master Sommelier Kyung Moon Kim. <laughs> <laughs> and he was not the Master Sommelier at the time. With yeah. the Jin and me and JP and Chef Chang Shik too, we taste the wine all together. It's so crazy how much of an influence mm -hmm. and impact he's had on our community. Like everyone I meet knows Jin and they're like, oh yeah, Jin, Jin, Jin. So I, I didn't know this, but that's really cool that you Yeah, he's my mentor. He's yeah. He was my tiger father. He was really strict, but I learned a lot. Yeah. I I can say confidently, I couldn't open the restaurant without Jin. Wow. Especially for Acho Boy. Yeah. And for people that don't know, Jin's the um, gym at Norita. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you worked there too, mm -hmm. right? I was opening time. member up there. Yeah. Uh, what was it like uh, working there? And did you take, did you learn anything from other than wine? Like, did you, what other advice did he give you? I could say I learned everything. Everything? <laughs> every single thing. Every single thing. I mean, yeah. special, I mean, not only about the service wise, yeah. the service for sure, and wine. And how to run the restaurant, and like, what kind, what kinds of rack you use, what ki kinds of wine gl glass you use. I learn every single thing over there. Yeah. So to sum up, from from Miley, you know, you took kind of, um, this is a story you share a lot with when how long it took to polish glasses, mm -hmm. right, at Miley, you know, and the service style there, and then from uh, Norito, you you found out what ingredients to use and, and what kind of wine glasses to use as well. Yeah. So whenever I work. At the restaurant, I think, especially if someone wants to be a manager, if someone wants to be a open the restaurant, I think they should work on the floor. Mm. Then you you can see why kind because all the restaurant their glass is different. Yeah. Some casual restaurant they can use a little more the thicker glass. Mm. And Atomics, we are using the Jato glass. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> or some of the restaurant they can use some kinds of machine and. It could be different, all depends on what kind of the restaurant they run. Yeah. yeah. So, Kaditsu, Mayalino, Norita, I learned every single thing from yeah. their own style of the business. Yeah. I do want to talk about Atomics next, but before we talk about Atomics, I, I want to make sure that we share this part of the story too, because you've mentioned to me how difficult that transition period was for you, especially having a full time job in Korea, right? And you were, um, fairly comfortable there and then now you were on the floor and I think especially in Korean culture mm -hmm. there's a weird stigmatism against people working in service industry mm -hmm. so tell me about that and, and maybe the difficulty around that as well like 
like people outside of you externally like your friends like like being in the industry was that was that challenging for you like the outside voices I didn't work on the floor when I was in Korea and after I back from after I come here and so many of my friends who live in Korea uh, ask me oh what are you doing there and what's your job over there and the first time I couldn't say I work as a server yeah because the restaurant industry, especially the server, the front of house reputation in Korea is not high. Yeah. They think more likely part time. Yes. Or second job. Yes. I realized, especially when I worked at the Mayalino, I found the one person who has two. Her name is Danielle. Danielle. Mm-hmm. And she has a lot of passion about her work. And she was so shine. She was so proud of what she does. Mm. And she was a back server. Oh. That guy is so different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are so professional and they have their own passion about what they do. Even like a polishing glasses or serving food. Oh, it can be professional work. Yeah. Like it could be a career. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be an alba, like mm-hmm. a part time. Mm-hmm. It could be like your life work so crazy to me like how Optimix has been doing and awards has gotten and whatnot but what was like the first week of opening because i know there's some stories here too about the the fire that delayed the opening and whatnot so uh i was looking for a space around nato boy first yeah and we opened our restaurant not really commercial space oh a little more our home style yeah residential style residential style so we were looking for a big space, yeah. a small space, and around Auto Boy, yeah, and one in the residential building. And we didn't work with a broker actually. I just was keep walking around. Yeah, yourself. Yeah, walking around, and I found oh, there's a sign, and I called to the broker and you I, called. Yeah, <laughs> and I said space. Usually, that's how we found Auto Boy space too. Oh, really? Just you just walk, walking around walking yourself, around and sometimes we sitting on the the bench for yeah. coffee shop for an hour. Yeah, and how many people pass? Right, what the foot street. traffic is mm-hmm. like. And then, when we open the door, when you see that the ceiling. Yeah. Oh yes, this is a place. Really? Okay. So you so you you call the the number that was on the sign at mm-hmm. Automix, and then you saw that they toured the space for you, mm-hmm. and then it was still a. Was it vacant for like a good year or so, right? It was a Georgian restaurant. Yeah, it was it was empty. It was empty. Yeah, it was they already demolished everything. Yeah. And then I called to JP and Lee. Okay, you guys can check Come together. Come see this place. Yeah. And when you when they saw it, were they just JP blown away? Wow. When you were looking for a space, was the idea to do like a counter seating already an idea first? Or was it more like we s- you saw the space and then you decided to change it? We saw so many places before that location, but original our idea was like a small, mm. small counter seating like previous co. Oh, okay. In this village. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're looking for like a really small chef's dining, eight seating or ten seating. Yeah. But when we found this space, okay, maybe need to open the <laughs> bar too. <laughs> Uh, and then, so you opened the, you decided to open a bar. I, I mean, how did you, what inspired you with the flow of the space? Because you walk in, there's a narrow corridor, and then the bar, and then there's like a semi-waiting area for downstairs. Like, how, I, I'm just so curious how you, how, how, what inspired you to do all these different spaces? 
when the guests come to our restaurant, we think about the whole experience. So when you open the door, there will be Arnold will be there. <laughs> <laughs> and the first floor will be maybe a little cozy bar because we love the Nomad Library so much. Uh, yeah, that's a great bar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we love the bar, but there, there's not many bar on our, our area. That's like that. Yeah. And we are looking for some, maybe we think about a little more quiet and library bar at the first. And then the guests go downstairs and see all the ceiling and beautiful sky up there. And have some like a snack and into the chef's table mm -hmm. and leaving the other way the stairs yeah it's like a full circle mm -hmm. like a theater like a theater uh yeah it's a show right at the end of the mm -hmm. day the first week that you guys were supposed to open though John Jonelle told me this that there was a there's a fire. fire yeah so that day i remember two things happened uh, a thief came to auto boy in the morning auto boy in the auto morning boy. so jp was same day huh yeah the fight with Oh, he the told me this too. Yeah. Oh, that happened that day. That, that day. And then we were working at the Auto Boy. And the Lee was on the construction, the atomic space. They came out, oh, there's a fire. And when I went there, the fire car was already there. Wow. It was in our, the wine storage. Wow. Like a little. Little circuit? Yeah, circuit problem. It was not really big fire, but at the same time, the residential building. Right. So. We had to close our restaurant for months, but I thought we could it can be delayed a few months later. But it was luckily a month. Yeah. What was how long was the build out process from like signing the lease to opening for both restaurants? Auto Boy was really quick. Yeah. Auto Boy was less than five months. <laughs> I think I about like five months. <laughs> yeah, we signed the lease February. Uh -huh. Maybe March, I think March. Yeah. And we opened the restaurant at the end of July. How do you do that? How do you do that? If you see the auto boy, you will understand. It's very minimal. And we designed all by ourselves. We didn't hire any designer. Yeah. And we made all by ourselves too. The table, we made it. We didn't buy it. Wait, really? Oh, wow. Table, yeah. We just cut out all the wood. And we didn't spend that much money. Yeah. And we tried to keep the same location every, where the everywhere is. The kitchen was there. The bathroom was there. And it took four months. Yeah. How, how long did Auto Mix take? Auto Mix? Because I'm sure that was a bigger project, right? Yeah, I think Auto Mix did about, I think, I think seven, eight months. Yeah. Eight months, yeah. probably. Yeah. So build, than, yeah. You had to build a staircase, mm -hmm. got out the whole thing. But it's also similar, right? The bar is where it used to be. Yeah. The kitchen's kind of where it used to be. I think the post restaurant didn't. Do too much like yeah, too yeah. too long time. Yeah, it's more like a aesthetic, more visual. Yeah, you changes. know our style, just keep working, <laughs> no, nonstop. Just keep <laughs> keep construction, keep working. Uh, the last question I have that I like to ask people before I send them off is, um, if we could boil down everything into one advice that you could give to maybe another aspiring restaurateur, like someone that opens wants to open their own restaurant, maybe. They just started serving too their first job at Kajitsu or something. Mm -hmm. What is like a, in, like an advice or tip you can give to somebody that's an aspiring restaurateur like yourself? Don't open the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Everyone, you know what's funny? Everyone <laughs> I have on the show always says that. <laughs> Don't listen to everyone's judgment. Advice and judgment is good for your career, but at the same time, don't listen too much. Yeah. And trust yourself. Yeah. Have a confidence. Yeah. If you have a confidence, 
you can take the risk too. I think opening the restaurant, working in this industry, the confidence is really important. Yeah. I mean, believe yourself, trust yourself, but otherwise you can push yourself. Yeah. And there's so many things I want to advise for the new upcoming yeah. restaurant yeah. owner. Mm, patience. Yeah. You really need a patience <laughs> for everything. Right. For your staff too, for your license too, for yeah. your construction too, especially in the New York City. I'm not a really patient person, so I just breast every day. Cold. <laughs> and say my words. Yeah. Patience is so important. Yeah. When you open the restaurant, think about your inventory space. <laughs> so important. Make an inventory place five times more than you thought. Yeah. That's that's something I can attest to. Um, I heard I heard when Atomix opened, my my back area was supposed to be. It was empty. Yeah. It was empty. Just just a space. Yeah. But now we made we dry storage. We need more space. <laughs> I'm sure when you were starting too, right? People were like, "Oh, you can't do it," or people were doubting you as well, probably you and Jeff, because I guess people for whatever reason like to say things like that too so i i get what you're saying about being confident and believing in yourself i think it's so important to just kind of go with your gut instinct sometimes don't give up yeah don't give up i mean there's so many reasons people give up this industry especially for serving because serving can be not respectful work but if you push yourself right one day rewards to you yeah sure you, you can make it respectful mm-hmm. if you choose to. Yeah. yeah. It's really on the person, I think. Well, thank you for being on the show. Finally getting you on here. Thank um, you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's a really big moment for me to be able to have you on the other side. And I remember we had a guest, too, uh, on Table 12. I really am a big fan of you, uh, personally. Table 12, Table 12 the, the SPS people. SPS. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I told you I was a big fan of you. I am. And I'm really, really happy that I get a chance to work for you, with you. And thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you for being our family, too. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. As we close out this episode with Elia Park, just wanted to take this moment to thank Elia again for agreeing to be on this podcast. There was a lot of initial pushback because she was worried about her English and her proficiency. But I think... You are more than amazing. If anything, uh, I was more nervous, <laughs> to be honest with you guys. This is probably the most uh, nervous I've been for an interview. With uh, I felt like my job was off the line. <laughs> so, Elia, thanks for being gracious, open, and honest, and uh, always being a fearless leader in our restaurant. Um, such a pleasure to have you. And for the listeners, this is almost the uh, we're nearing the end of season three next wednesday will be the last and final episode it's going to be with simone tong so stay tuned for that but until then have a great week see you next week